0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Life Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org well, This morning we are starting a new series. I wasn't going to, and then, I don't know, I just got really compelled to start a, a series this morning, and uh, it's called Fearless. And uh, I realised probably should have been fearless rather than fearless, but uh, it is one word, fearless. And I've got some handouts. If anyone wants those, you can have those. I realised that our life groups are meeting all over the place. Now we've got some going weekly, some fortnightly, some monthly, some you know um, uh, on different nights of the week and different days. Uh, so they're all over the place. So I thought I just need to probably start producing some notes that you can run a life group off whenever you want. So if you want to hand those around, Robin, that would be good, or just pass them back. Um, Basically, they, uh, and I love that fact that we've got life groups happening all over the place. I reckon that's a great thing. You know, and it's going to be based on the Old Testament. And there's some great Old Testament stories about people that battle with fear. And, And like many of us, they end up going from fear and stepping into a faith realm. And uh, and the verse that we're going to base this whole series on is 2 Timothy 1.7. It's out of the New King James Version. It says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. For God not as, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. And I love the way that reads compared to some of the other versions. You know, it, just, it really works. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And yet so many people, so many of us, live lives paralyzed by fear? And uh, and what I'd like you to really think about and consider over this series is is what, and pray about, really. And it's this tough question, it's in those notes if you get a sheet there, and and, uh, don't just answer it once, I want you to think about it, consider it, I want you to talk about it in in your life group if you're a part of that. I want you to pray and ask God to reveal himself uh, through this question. What has what has fear kept you from doing that God is calling you to do? What is fear kept you from doing what God has called you to do? You know, what is fear? And, and it's an ungodly fear. Perfect love drives out all fear. The only perfect love that there is is God's love. Perfect love drives out all fear. And, and what ungodly fears kept you from doing what God is calling you to do? And for many of us... Uh, it's just sharing our faith with somebody. You know, it's, it's a really fearful thing. And we're going, you know, I know, I don't know if I can do it. You know, I, I don't know if I, I'll say the wrong things. I, I, it might be the wrong timing. It, what What if I mess up? What if I stuff this up? Uh, I don't want to blow it. And uh, and fear keeps us from doing that sometimes. For others, it might be ministry-related, you know, and, and God's calling you to take a step up in the church. Stop just going to church but being the church and uh, maybe it's to serve in an area or to lead an area or go on a mission trip or lead something in a mission trip, you know, but you're reluctant. You don't even know why you're reluctant. There's just, there could be a fear that's holding you back. You know, it could be fear of not enough resources, not enough money, not enough uh, expertise, not enough time. And this series is going to be a great series. I reckon it's going to be a tr- tremendous series. But truthfully, this wasn't one of the characters I'd originally picked out to do this, one of the series, this series on. Uh, when it initially came to mind, I got some clear guys that I, I'd heard about and thought about uh, that would be great Old Testament you know, characters for this fearless uh, uh, series. But um, after hearing Sam's message last week on grace and some events that happened this week in our world, uh, for some reason, this, this character came to mind, and it's going to be about the story of Jonah. And, uh, and, and I, when I thought about it, fear was one of the things that held him back from stepping into what God was calling him to do. And, uh, and, and I've called this, this particular message, um, The Jonah in Us, The Jonah in Us. So I hope there's some personal application for you this morning in, in the process of this message. So let me pray, and then we'll get into the, into the word. Father God, I, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit that uh, brings these sorts of things to mind. Lord, I, I pray this morning our hearts and our minds are open to your word, to your Holy Spirit, to what you want to say to each one of us. Father, I, I, you know, none of us really like being challenged by another man, you know, even though we're meant to as Christians, but God, this morning I pray your spirit will be the things that challenges us, Lord, to step up in the area that you want us to step up, Father, to get a greater understanding, a greater revelation, a greater insight into what you want us to do in our lives. Father, I pray our hearts are just open to what you want to say in us and through us. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well. Open your Bibles to Jonah. Now, it's a bit of a hard book to find if you've got your Bibles there. It's in sort of the back of the Old Testament, sort of a few books back from the New Testament. So it'll take you a little while to find it maybe because it's hidden in the back there. But uh, I've got a screen for it. There's someone on your notes, so you should be able to read along somewhere in the, the process of this. Jonah, verse, uh, Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. The word of the law came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. And Nineveh was Israel's worst enemy. And I'll I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. That's verse 1. And here's my first point out of that particular simple, sounds simple, that verse, doesn't it? Real simple. First point here this morning, God will often ask you to do things that you don't want to do. God will often ask you to do things that you don't want to do. Verse 2, this is what he said to to Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And and you know what? Most of us, you know, we've got a brain. We, we, We know how life sort of works a bit. And we really think we know what's best for our lives, don't we? You know, we feel like we know what's best for us. And we don't want to necessarily obey the Word of God as it comes to us. We're fearful because we sort of say, God, well, I don't really seem to know if you understand the circumstances, the, the full implications of me doing that. You know, I don't think you really understand what that'll, that'll take. And, and this is the context of Jonah here, you know, because God says to him, go to the great city of Nineveh and do what? He says to preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. And you say, well, Jonah's a prophet. That's what he's supposed to do. God talks to him. and He goes and does what God tells him to do. He preaches to people. And and it seems like a pretty simple, straightforward request. But when you understand the history of Nineveh, and I want to show you that, it's pretty graphic. And and, and this empire, you'll understand more why he feared them and hated them and really wanted nothing to do with them. And this was a pretty horrible um, request of God in, in in. Jonah's thinking in his natural thinking. You see, the Assyrian Empire, which Nineveh was the capital city, was a, was, uh, and this will be pretty, pretty graphic actually. And how brutal the way they handled their captives when they when they went to war against someone, they'd actually capture a city or, or a nation. And, and the first thing is they do they torture them, and, and sometimes they they they'd actually kill them. And in fact, when I mean, I'll tell you more on how they kill them in a second. And so, um, but here's the deal: that in hi- history, you can read this in the history books. When the Assyrians, there's even rumours they were going to attack a town, a smaller town particularly, often the inhabitants would actually commit suicide before they actually arrived because they knew the horrific death that they put them through. So you can understand this is how feared these guys really were, and they also hated. So listen to this. When they'd go in and they'd take over a city, they'd actually kill many people in the process of that. You know, they'd, They'd actually rape the surviving women. Actually, rape the little girls. They torture the kids. The men that were alive, they'd actually take them out into the into the outside the city walls. They'd skin them alive. They'd bury them. They would pull out their tongues and drive a stake through their tongues. I'm like this is this is historical stuff. You can read. You can get, look up the uh, history books, and it tells us how they did this. Like horrific stuff. Then once they were dead. Then they'd cut off their heads and they'd pile up their skulls outside the city gates to say, this is what we do when we capture a city. So be scared, be fearful, be aware, this is who we are. And you know what? The truth is, they are the equivalent of our modern day terrorists. You know, particularly Islamic extremists. There's horrific stuff, stuff that just happens. And... Uh, And I don't know if you can relate to the fear that Jonah would have been feeling when God said, go and preach to the Ninevites. Can you imagine? Can you you just just try and get a snapshot of this? God says to you, go to a a country that is is, full of Islamic extremists, terrorists, and I want you to go and preach against them. Wow. Wow. So it gives you a bit more context for for what God's asking Jonah to to do here. So maybe have a little bit more empathy for him. Because he says, I don't want to go there. I fear these people. I hate these people. And in Jonah's mind, he had real fears and legitimate reasons why he didn't want to obey God. And, And maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can relate to that. See, the word, the Lord may come to us. And you might hear specifically from God. Maybe it's through reading his word. Or through someone you respect, speaks some a word into your life, and and it says, "This is what I should do." In your mind, you may think, "Well, okay, I understand that's what you want me to do, God, but I don't want to do it." You know, I don't want to do. I don't want to have anything to do with that. That's the stupid thing. I'm scared of that. I haven't got the resources or the time or the energy. And and maybe you can relate to this in different ways. I'll, I'll just open up a few opportunities here this morning to maybe to think about that. We'll explore it. You see, maybe God's asking you to step out in faith in an area of your life, but you can't make sense of it at all. I've never done this before. I haven't got enough money. I haven't got enough resources. I haven't got enough time. I'm scared of what might happen. I'm scared of the outcome of this, God. Or maybe someone has wronged you and hurt you or someone that you love, and the word of the Lord comes to you and says, you you have to forgive them. You know, I forgave you, so you have to forgive them. But I don't want to. They don't deserve it. They they did the wrong thing. I I don't feel like forgiving them. I I I know that's what God wants me to do, but I don't want to do it. And and for many of us, you know, here's another situation. You 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 hear um, a word on tithing on giving, and you go, yeah, that's fine. Now that's for someone else. That's not for me. Well, here's the truth. Everything is God's. He allows us to keep ninety percent. He just wants us to give back to Him 10%. And it's so clear in the Word, and I know there's lots of reasons why you shouldn't or couldn't or wouldn't want to do that, but it it actually is a better terminology to say we return the tithe to Him because it's all His. You say, I don't want to do that. I know what God says, but I don't want to do that because in my mind, I like my toys. I like the things in my life. I, I, I might have enough. I might go short in this area. I won't be able to... Use that money for other things. And you see, we get fearful. We get quite fearful in that. You know, maybe for you, you're dating someone and he or she is really cute and they make you feel really good. And you get close to this person, you get completely caught up in the, in this romance. Next thing you know, you're doing some stuff you shouldn't be doing. And you've been messing around and, and, and you're in a place that you really know that you shouldn't be. And the word of the Lord comes to you and says, what you're doing is only for marriage. Not for dating. You've got a choice. A lot of people say, well, I know what God says, but I want to do this. I want to do this. I don't care what God says. I know what it says, but it makes me feel good. It makes me feel loved. It feels makes me feel good about myself. I don't care what God says. It's the Jonah in all of us. Understand that. It's the Jonah in all of us. Maybe the word of the Lord has come to you and you thought, maybe... I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't want to do that. I'll do it later. I'll put it off. I'll do it later. Eventually, I'll get to it. I'll get to it later. And here's this. Listen to this statement. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You need to hear this well. You know, I remember Pastor Kevin Brett, who's sharing for, uh, he's coming to preach for us in July, I think. He shared this thought, and it stuck with me. He said something like this, the mark of maturity is determined by what he called the lag time. And you can tell the maturity of a person by the distance between the command of God, as it's given, and then the obedience, the outcome. If the distance is short, they are mature. If the distance is long, they're immature. The lag time. What's the lag time in your life? You know, what you know God is talking to you about? What, what, what is that thing? And that really concerns me as a church. We can get, I don't know, just, just backed off in this area. You know, we can just get real cruisy and and, uh, and we get so caught up in ourselves and our own problems and, and the world and, and we can end up with this huge lag time. And God says, you know what I said to you, why aren't you doing it? Well, I don't want to. I, I I just don't want to. Maybe I will one day. Maybe maybe I won't. You know, maybe I will. You know, we just have to be so open to the Word of God, the Word of the Lord to speak into our lives. We have to be positioned to respond, not in fear, but in faith. And often he'll want you to do things that you don't want to do. That's the first point. The second point. You can always find a boat sailing in the wrong direction. You can always find a boat sailing in the wrong direction. Jonah won three. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. See, we always can find a ship moving in the other direction. There's always options that we can choose that are different to what God will want for our lives. And, and you know the sort of thing I'm talking about probably. You know, you know. hey, I want to obey God. I, I want to do what he's called me to do. And all of a sudden that old thinking comes in, that old friend, that old situation, and the whole old life becomes evident. And, and you go, well, I don't want to do it that way. Let, let's go back the way I used to do it. You know, let's, let's go back to the old life. Let's do things in the old way. It was much easier back then. And watch how this happens here for Jonah. God says, I want you to preach the Ninevites. In verse 3, But Jonah ran away from the Lord, then headed for Tarshish, went down to Joppa, found a sheep bound, ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish. Why did he sail to Tarshish? Because he's running away. He's running from God. He feared the Ninevites. He feared the outcome if he did preach them. Even if they did repent and they were forgiven, he didn't want that. God, you might be able to think like that. You might want that, but I don't want that, and I'm not doing it. So, what? What did God say? God basically go east to Nineveh. Jonah says, "Okay, I'm going west to Tarshish," and apparently, it's about four thousand kilometres between those two places. And, and I had one commentary sort of said it would take about a year to sail from one port to the other. Like that's a pretty good run, you know. That, that's like that's running pretty hard. And and, uh, and, and some of, for some of you here this morning, I, I believe. Yeah, because God's laid this, this whole scripture in my heart that you can relate to this. Maybe you're sitting next to someone who thinks you're absolutely on track this morning. But you know in your heart you've been running and you're a long way from God. The word of the Lord has come to you. Here's what I want you to do. And somewhere along the way, weeks, months, years, you said, no, no, no. I don't want to do it that way, God. I don't want to obey you. I don't want to pay that price. Then you'll always find that reluctance is based in fear—fear fear of the future, fear of inadequacy, insecurity, fear of the unknown. Fear—it holds us back from God's purpose in our lives. That's why we need to think about this fear less. We need to fear less in our lives. Maybe you've been on the run. You think you can get away with it. You you, you need to understand you can run for a while. But I'm telling you, you can't run forever. God will catch you at some stage. He'll catch up to you. And maybe you're not on the run as so much as just drifting. Maybe it's just been a, 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 I've heard the word of God, but you know what, I'm just going to try and ignore that. I'm just going to let life drift me on. I'm just going to go with the flow and... uh, and see where I end up. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. When we disobey the commands of God, intentionally or even unintentionally, we're drifting. We're separating ourselves from Him. And it's the Jonah in all of us. The word of the Lord will come to you, and maybe not what you want to hear. When you run, you can always find a boat sailing in a different direction. And some of you are on the run right now. And the third thing here this morning, God may send a storm to grab your attention. Verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. Such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Wow. Wow. Now, that you understand, this is a ship full of sailors. This is a transporting cargo. So it's a strong, big ship. And, and there was such a great wind uh, uh, that this boat was going to break up that they were terrified. The crew was terrified. You know, what are we going to do? Never seen a storm like this before. What's going on? Whose fault is this? What's, you know, what's happening? And, uh, and they drew stores, and they did a little lottery thing. And, uh, and they said, well, it's actually it's Jonah's fault. And they said, who are you? What did you do to bring this on? And verse verses 8 to 10, uh, Jonah answered. He said, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land this terrified them. They asked him, what have you done? They knew who's running from the Lord because he'd already told them. And a storm blows up and all of a sudden, Jonah says, I worship the Lord. Now, I don't know if you've been like that in your life from time to time where you're just doing life and then a storm hits and you go, I worship the Lord. Where are you, God, in these circumstances? Well, you're running from him at the moment and you've got your back to him. Maybe I do need God after all. <laughs> and, and, you know, the truth is for some people some of the biggest issues, particularly in the Western church, as far as I'm concerned, is we don't need God every day. We're self-sufficient. We're self-reliant. We're, 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 we can do things by ourselves. We don't really need God. And, and, and we've got a generation of people coming through that call themselves followers of Christ, but don't live like it all. There's no distinction between that person and the next-door neighbor who isn't a follower of Christ. It's a cultural Christianity and, and it's so easy to live like that. It's a Christian by name only. It's a consumeristic religion, and and we can so easily get caught up in this, and then we can live like this. We can say, well, as long as God does good things for me, yeah, I'll, I'll go to church every now and then. I might even you know I might even say grace over a meal every now and then, and hopefully I'll I'll go to heaven. And 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 God, you know, you give me that promotion and. Uh, and when, some, when I get sick or someone in my family gets sick, you know, I, I'm going to pray that you heal them and, uh, and, and, and you know, oh, yeah, I, I worship God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, your daily life doesn't resemble that. You're not living that out. And you wonder why those storms hit. Oh, I worship God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worship, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, how come your life isn't saying that? How come people aren't recognizing that in your life? Come on, we've got to get fearless in this stuff. We've got to stand up on the inside and get an understanding of what God is calling us to, calling our church to, calling to to us personally. You know, and I'm sorry, it's in His Word. And and I can can preach at you all day long, but it's not going to make that much difference unless you actually get what God wants for you. Hmm. You know... Yeah, we're a Christian couple. You know, we have a Bible sitting on our coffee table. But our marriage isn't going that good, you know. Like, it's hard. And, and we don't really have grounds for biblical divorce, but, but you know, we're just not happy. And it's better to just divorce. It'd be better for everyone involved, you know. Now, I know what God says, but I don't want to do what you said, God. You see, that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. And you might think I'm being a bit tough at the moment, but I get stirred with this stuff. You see, I believe, here's the thing. I believe I will answer to God one day for what happens in this church. You see, that's the, the responsibility, accountability of leadership in a church. I believe there's a responsibility on my behalf, on our behalf, to lead the church and what happens in this church. And, and I'm not so sure God's going to say everything that's going on is pleasing to him. You know, when you see people who are Christians living a halfway lukewarm cultural Christianity, you just think, they're just saying, I don't want to do it. But you say, Oh, yeah, I worship God. Do you really? You see? So big storms come. Jonah finally realizes, It's my fault. It's my fault. And some of you may recognize that in yourself. You think, well, what was I doing? I I was running. I was drifting. It's my private rebellion. It isn't going to hurt anyone. Don't kid yourself. It might not have hurt someone yet, but it will hurt someone. Your kids, your family, people around you. You see, Jonah finally realized that. This is my fault. I'm hurting all these innocent people by my disobedience to God. And he finally gets it in verse 12, and it says this. Pick me up and throw me into the sea," he replied, "and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. You see, the, the sailors didn't want to do that. They, they were going to throw their cargo in the sea, and they did. They were going to row, and they did. Nothing worked. Finally, they got a revelation: they're going to die, and the only thing left was to throw Jonah into the into the ocean, and and they did. And something that, that seemed unbelievably bad by our human perception happens to Jonah. If you know the story, he got swallowed up by a big fish. And unless you would know that. Some of you might say, well, it's Jonah in the whale. Well, the word doesn't actually say that. It's actually a fish. And it was big and it was nasty. And I can I don't know if you can get a picture of this, but sitting in a, in a fish's stomach for three days and three nights I don't think that would be a very pleasant situation. You know, it it would be pretty horrific, I would think. And that's my my fourth point. Jonah's worst nightmare was exactly what he needed. Verses 15 and 17. Then they took Jonah, threw him overboard, the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. See? The Lord provided a great fish. The Lord provided to swallow Jonah up. And Jonah was there for three days, three nights. You see, it would have been Jonah's worst possible case scenario. If he'd just gone on the water, he could have swam to shore maybe. You know, maybe he he could have been saved. But no, a fish swallowed him up. And some of you right now are facing situations that are your worst nightmare. I know that, you know. I, I mean, it might be financial. You might be in a place you go, Look, we've run out of money, the job's not handling it, and, uh, and I'm done, it's over. And God may say, Okay, now I have your attention. Some of you are facing relationship breakdowns that you just think it can't get any worse than this. But God may be saying, Okay, maybe I've got your attention now. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that everything that bad happens is God causing that in our life because I don't believe that's true. You know, I want to get that really clear. I believe there are times when God, God may cause or allow stuff to happen in our lives that we may consider to be our worst nightmare, but it's really to get our full attention. Is God trying to get your attention just at this moment? Is he trying to show you something? Is there something you think is your worst nightmare and it's coming upon you? God may be saying, Finally, I've got your attention. The word of the Lord will come and you have a choice to obey or disobey, react with fear or faith, to flee or respond to God. When God speaks to you, you don't want to do it sometimes. You can always find a ship going the wrong direction. But if you do not obey, he'll send a storm that'll grab your attention. And if that doesn't get it, he'll allow you to face your worst nightmare. And when he does, it's all because he loves you. You go, huh? He loves you. He, he, he will allow this in your life so you can grow up in the process of this. He has something for you to do. He has a person for you to reach, a group of people to reach, a city to reach, a nation to reach, to impact, to make a difference, to reach and positively influence our community and our world. You've got a choice. You can keep running. You can drift. Or you can come back to God and you can pray. For him to help you in your situation. What what's what's happening in your life right now? Just consider maybe God has allowed that to get your attention. And, and I know it's a tough message. Like it we we like to think of ourselves, well, God looks after us and he, he protects us and, and we never go through time. No. He allows that in our lives for us to grow up. And sometimes our response is to run. Sometimes our response is to drift. Sometimes our response is just to ignore the word of God, word of the Lord. And, and I haven't got time to go into it today, but, but basically Jonah's, chapter 2, Jonah's prayer was a surrender. He prayed to God and, and basically the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah out on the dry land. In the third chapter, you know, it's Jonah's second chance. God is a God of second chance, you know. He never, nothing's finished. It's a second chance. And, and, and Jonah responds with obedience. 120,000 people respond and repent. And, and this story would be fantastic. If it finished at chapter 3. But chapter 4 shows us Jonah was angry about that. He went, hey, wait a minute. This is what I was fear would happen. These people deserve destruction. And, and they repented, and now they're okay. What's going on? And he got angry about that. It doesn't help my preaching series very much, by the way, that this the, the fourth chapter, but it's actually what happened in this particular story. And I would love you to read that in your own time. And uh, But here's the thing. Jonah's response was then repentance and surrender. Repentance, recognizing that maybe he was running. And as the band comes, I just want to, to uh, pray and finish off this morning. But maybe there's something in your life you've recognized that you need to repent of. Maybe there's something in your life you need to surrender this morning. Here's an opportunity as we pray to finish off this morning. Just, I pray just give it up to God and go, God, I know I've been running. I know I've been drifting. I know I haven't been living my life the way that you would want me to live it. Help me do something about that. Help me face up to this. Let me change my actions from this point forward. In obedience. You see, God is good. We just don't understand his goodness all the time. God is good. Let us stand to our feet this morning as we pray to finish here. Just close your eyes and I'll pray over you. Pray with you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you are the God of second chances. And so often, God, we get hard. We get caught up in ourselves. We are caught up in our circumstances. We, we forget to get your perspective, God. We forget to check with you, Lord. Even when we know you're speaking to us, we almost choose to ignore it. And this morning, Lord, I, I pray you bring those things to mind. God, I pray that you bring those things to mind for each one of us, Lord, the things that are um, holding us back from you, Lord. Father, if we are running, God, that we recognize that we're running and turn around and, and go back to you, Lord. If we are drifting, God, we recognize that we're drifting and go, God, it's just not good enough. It's just no longer good enough. In obedience, I want to turn back to you and do what you want me to do in my life. Father, we recognize that, that sometimes you'll ask us, us to do things that we don't want to do. That we can always find a different way to do things if we turn in the wrong direction. That you will send a storm to grab our attention sometimes. And we wonder what the storm's all about. And sometimes we think it's our worst nightmare, the worst thing. But it's the thing that's that you've allowed in lives, in our lives, so that we can get a, a revelation of who you in our, are in our lives, God. that's you this morning just just. Uh, all eyes are closed just stick your hand in the air and just go yep that's me I recognize something that I haven't been obedient to and I'm you know that's me the stuff that God's asked me to do that I haven't done always that I've been I've put a delay in place to go well I'll wait and see how this works out first no that's not what he asked you to do he asked you to respond father you know who that is God you know in our hearts how we're meant to respond to you, so Father, this morning I I know that you are a God of second chances, God. And as we go through the storm, as we understand that that uh, you have got a greater purpose for us, Lord, I pray that we can be fearless in this 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 journey, God. That we can step up to the plate. That we can understand that that it's not about us; it's about to reach this hurting world. And, and Father, this morning. I particularly want to pray for those that don't know you. And, and, and I don't know where you are in your walk with God, but, you know, there's, there's people here, I'm sure, that are either stepped back away from God or they've never made that decision. And maybe you're running. Maybe you're drifting. Here's an opportunity to step up to the plate this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. And you know what? It's just a decision, but, you know, it's the best decision you're making lot, all your life. And it's the same decision that Jonah made. He said, it's my fault. I'm going to take responsibility. Well, maybe it's time for you to take responsibility for your own walk with God. And, and, And this morning, here's an opportunity to start that. Maybe there's people you're hurting in your life. You don't even realize it. But you need to take some responsibility for your own spiritual walk. And here's an opportunity. While all eyes are closed and every head's bowed, I want if that's you this morning I want you to take responsibility and go you know what that's me I want that I want that I'm going I want to ask Jesus into my life I want to step back into relationship with God I, I want to do what's required here God I, w- I don't want to run any further I don't want to I don't want to drift any longer if you want to start that right now just stick your hand up and I'll recognize it and we'll, we'll pray at the end of the service If that's you here's an opportunity. Lord, you know where we are. <laughs> you know if we're running or drifting or what we're in doing. So, Lord, I just pray we all have an opportunity to turn back to you, God. And we do that in the name of Jesus Christ. We seek first the kingdom of God. And, Lord, you'll take care of all the other things. You'll order all the other things in our lives. God, I pray that peace that transcends all understanding, Comes as we make those sorts of decisions in our lives, God, that that stuff just falls away. As we put you first, you will order the rest of those things in our lives. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises in your word. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylight Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.